Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisted. I'm really glad you're here. Back when I was a kid, my older brother and I used to fight, usually for fun, play fighting. One night, my brother brought out his boxing gloves. He handed me a pair and we went at it in our family's dining room. Man, my brother pummeled me, punch after punch. I couldn't get out of it. So I bent forward and charged into his gut head first. My tactic didn't work. So I tried the same thing again and again, and I kept ending up on the floor. <laughs> At the time of this particular bout, my parents were entertaining guests. One of those guests named Randy, um, he was a, a really nice guy. He always wanted to give advice uh, on fitness and sports. When it came to me, because I was chubby, he always wanted to give me advice on things I could do to lose weight. If CrossFit had been a thing back in the late 70s, Randy would have owned his own box or gym. Randy came into the dining room and laughed at me. He said, Michael, stop leading with your head. And I tried to get out, what? As another one of my brother's blows sent me to the ground. Randy said, Michael, you can't beat him with your head. <laughs> Randy meant that literally. Charging in head first while boxing would never work. Well, me being a contrary kid, I ignored Randy's advice and I kept leading with my head for decades. I'm not talking about physical combat, but mental. Here's what I know and what do I have to do and who do I have to convince to get what I want? How do I behave so others will approve of me and like me? I was taught as most of us were, I think, that facts are facts, and this is the way the world works, and we have to abide by those rules. We have to work hard to succeed. This is the way it's always been, so this is the way it's going to be. Or maybe it'll be worse. I shouldn't buy a car right now because gas prices will likely go up. I can't let love in my life because I've been hurt before. There's cancer in my family, so I'll probably get it too. Oh, I can't drink coffee anymore because the ad on TV said it stains my teeth. I can't tell others what I think because they won't approve of me and I need their approval. When I'm leading with my head, I'm either reliving moments of my past or I'm imagining how awful my future will be. And my worries of the future are usually based on my memories of the past. Here's how it always played out for me in the past, so this is how it must happen in the future. Here's what the latest news is, so, well, it must be true if they say it on TV. And I react, and then recreate the same junk over and over. It was a constant onslaught of doubt and fear for me. When I'm in my head, the past and future are all I can think about. I'm not now. I'm not being the now that I am. I'm in this state this idea of being small and separate, and I'm experiencing junk that I'm pulling with me from the past and deciding on how my future will play out based on the way those past events happened. 
when I'm bleeding with my head, I'm all about the ego, so saturated with the belief that I am separate and I need to be superior to others. I need others' approval to be successful, to feel loved. And if someone disagrees with me, I have to argue, fuss, and fight to get over them, to get ahead. Not realizing that all of these others were only reflecting something within me. I can only experience that which I hold in consciousness. I call it leading with my head. The Bible calls it the carnal mind or being after the flesh. Believing only what my senses tell me and basing my reactions on them. Neville says the world reflects my state of consciousness. I used to blame the world for my state of consciousness or how I was feeling. I believed my assumptions came from my experiences, my track record, as my dad would call it. <laughs> but I had it reversed. My experiences are coming from my assumptions. And others in my life are only giving me what I've already given myself, whether I've imagined it for myself or for seeming others. I'm allowing it to be true in consciousness, which is the only reality. Everything is consciousness. God is all things and God is one. And if God is unconditioned awareness or imagination, then everything I am aware of or what I am imagining is what I will experience. It's pushed out in my world. In The Sower, Neville tells a story about a friend of his who always had a but <laughs> when they would talk. When his friend would tell him about how awful his life was, Neville would remind him that imagining creates reality. And his friend would say, yes, Neville, I know, but... And he'd go on to list all the reasons why things were so bad. Picking up on that story, Neville says, that was the but. And so there's an aspect in my life I've got to work on. This friend reminds me of something in me that is that but, because he still is an expression of myself. And so I've got to work on this aspect. We are all one consciousness, seemingly separate. So no matter what I experience that seems to be separate from me, it's actually within me. When I really understood that, it felt like a huge weight lifted. Oh man, others aren't controlling me and others can't decide my fate. They're only reflecting, showing me what I am aware of already. I'm not fighting the world outside me. The world that seems to be outside of me is only showing me myself. I don't need to worry about trying to get anyone's approval or worry about what they think at all. I need to only change that part of me, that part of my concept of self that they are reflecting back to me if it's something I prefer not to express any longer. And no need to get upset about what they say or think because none of this really matters. No more than the events in a sleeping dream matter once you wake up. When you realize this is all a dream, life becomes a fun adventure. With the popularity of social media, it seems to have come an increase 
in the persistent, desperate need to get approval of others. The need was still there well before the development of social media. But it's obvious by checking out social media platforms. All of this head stuff, I need more followers, I need likes. All of our self-worth seems to be tied up to what others think of us, what our friends and family near us think, and what these online personas think of us. None of this really matters if you stop leading with your head and realize who you are and that the only thing that matters when it comes to manifesting things is what you are imagining. I'm not saying don't imagine building a following or becoming TikTok famous if that's what you want. What I'm saying is that none of those things really matter, and they certainly don't have to be a part of your success unless followers and tribes are your actual desire. What happens if Facebook or Instagram or TikTok gets dropped? What if technology crashes and the internet is gone for a while and we lose this global connection? What happens if that's where you were hanging your hopes? There was a time before I actually started my podcast when I worried about what my family would think of me. I knew what Neville said, that every experience of mine is my own wonderful human imagination pushed out, but I didn't quite get it until the day I had a conversation with my little sister. Like me, she was raised in a religious home and took an even uh, more rigid religious path in recent years. When I began telling her about the power of imagination and how one can actually change their life by changing what they're imagining, she told me what I was saying sounded like witchcraft. <laughs> well, that kind of ended the conversation for me that day. <laughs> Later that day, reflecting back on our chat, it dawned on me that she had to say what she said because I was holding on to something inside of me that gave life to it. I was still having doubts in my own mind and fear about what my family might say about me. And I'd actually had thoughts about that, like, oh, they'll think I'm crazy. They'll think I'm following the devil, that I'm practicing witchcraft. All of these things that I learned about growing up in church. And my sister reflected that perfectly. So I pruned the vine. I revised our conversation and heard my sister's excitement as she realized the power that she is. And from that moment on, anytime I thought of my sister, I saw her as my biggest fan. And I even referred to her as my biggest fan when I talked about her to other people. Oh yeah, she's my biggest fan. Now I never told her what I said or what I had imagined, but that's what I continued to hold for her in my imagination. Fast forward a couple of months, I'm at this point, several episodes into feeling twisty. And I see on my phone, my sister is calling me. And uh, on that Saturday morning, I immediately led with my head. I had a moment of, oh shit, what's she going to say about what I'm saying on those podcasts? I knew she had started listening. So I just let it go to voicemail. <laughs> I recognized what I was doing and what I was assuming about myself. And I didn't listen to her message until I shifted out of my head and into that image I held within me 
of my sister. A couple of minutes later, I listened to her message and I cried tears of joy and a little relief as she talked about how much she liked what I was saying. I saved that message and I listened to it every now and then, not to get me out of a funky spot, but because I just love going back to that moment. What a beautiful moment. So months pass and my sister continues to listen and we chat more and more and explore who she really is. And I've seen her shed so many beliefs in secondary cause and realize more and more her true nature. Almost two years after that conversation, that witchcraft conversation with my sister, my little sister sent me a text message telling me, hey, I'm your biggest fan. If I were leading with my head, I would have been hurt by what she said about dabbling in witchcraft, and I would have reacted, how dare you say that about me? And I would have tried to debate the issue because that's the way I used to do it, living my life in the head, in this small and separate, I gotta fight my way through life kind of attitude. All I did was make a change in my concept of myself. Seeing my sister the way I imagined her implied so much more than just having her tell me she's my biggest fan. That was a result of the state I moved into. That little imaginal act and that change within myself, seeing my sister as my biggest fan, wasn't changing her. I wasn't trying to force a change on her. I knew it implied I was living with complete abandon, this imaginative life, and I was successful at it. It always comes down to changing my concept of self. And Neville says any change of consciousness must express changes in my world. And I know this to be true. My sister's comment about me dabbling in witchcraft wasn't an insult. It was a catalyst for me to check what I was imagining. Anytime I am confronted with something I don't necessarily like, I don't fight it. Well, I, I usually don't fight it. <laughs> I recognize it as my own reflection, and then I prune that image within me. Like the Bible says, no one comes to me unless the Father calls him. The Father is my own imagination, and I can experience nothing that I haven't first called to me in imagination. If there's anything that matters when it comes to what others say to me or about me, it's how I react to it. My reactions come up automatically, and those reactions come from my state of consciousness. By noticing my reactions, I know what state I'm in. Others are always reflecting back to me something within me, and if I react, then I'm going to perpetuate it, whether it's good or bad. What am I feeling when I hear or read someone's comment? That's the key. Leading with my head, I react and then automatically recreate more of the same junk that I'm reacting to. And it'll show up in all kinds of ways. And usually in ways I couldn't foresee. Just like manifesting good things, whatever I am tithing to the Lord, whatever I am feeding my imagination, I get back in my life pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. <laughs> so what am I feeding my imagination? How am I reacting to what others say about me?
Those reactions are seeds planted in my imagination. It really doesn't matter what anyone thinks. The only thing to change is something within my own imagination. And it's always about myself because there are no others. Just as there is no solid and real Mike standing up separate in existence. There is only God or consciousness or awareness or whatever name you were brought up using. And we're all one. I know it seems like it's, we're so separate and we have to fight our way through this life and that this is the one life we have. I'm telling you, this isn't the one life. There's not one life to live. <laughs> As sands through the hourglass, your life doesn't have to be a soap opera if you don't want it to be. Knowing this, what others think or say or what the news says doesn't matter anymore. When you know that it's all a dream or a play and all of us are portraying characters moving through states of consciousness, what other characters do just doesn't matter anymore because you already know the end of this play. You know who you really are. Rupert Spira says in The Ashes of Love, to believe that our self, luminous, open, empty awareness, shares the limits and the destiny of the mind and body is like believing that the screen shares the limits and destiny of a character in a movie. Hmm. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.